For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. Welcome back to the Dominion Podcast, episode mm-hmm. eight of season two. How are you? I'm good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> Did you plan that? No, I didn't. <laughs> That's why you're a great host, Jer. You just are ready at, a, at the drop of a hat. You, you're thinking, we already said hi when I came in the room. Why are you asking me now? Uh, I'm Jeremy Boyd, one of your hosts. and uh, I'm Alex Klusterman. We're happy to be here. Yeah. Um. Before we get going, let's uh, talk about our official sponsor, the Folklorist. Yeah, the Folklorist is dropping some heat this week. <laughs> a new, uh, did you see the video he just dropped? No. Oh, so I'm not even joking. He's okay. actually he's actually dropping some heat. So he Sweet. just if you go to Folklorist Music on YouTube, his channel, uh, he just dropped his new single, and uh, it is quite you timely. Know, nobody inside the industry calls it dropping a single. Only people like me. Yeah. So but anyway, carry what, on. no, no, no. You tell you tell me as an insider. What He's would you say? Releasing. You know? Okay, he he released. Do you call it a single? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, uh, why are you asking me, man? I I'm a a failed musician from like a decade ago. I don't know what's going on. You now. toured but, Europe. Yeah, in a van, living off of croquettes out of vending machines. <laughs> you were a professional musician who toured Europe. All right, that's the story. We're sticking to it. Okay. So anyway, the, he's dropping some heat. He's dropping <laughs> some heat. And uh, if you go over to Folklorist Music, the YouTube channel, uh, he put his new single up. And it is timely. Um, he wrote it after the trucker convoy and kind of in light of the response of the church to tyranny. And uh, the lyrics are just amazing. And even if you're you know, not normally into hip hop, um, I think you will appreciate it. So he did the music in the video, and and uh, we'll in- include a link Excellent. in this week's stuff. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. And uh, while we're at it, we'll give a shout-out to our unofficial sponsor, Gawartha Classical Christian School. Yeah. Just had a board meeting last night that was really encouraging. Yeah. We've had uh, some uh, big support uh, over the last couple weeks, and yeah. real encouraging uh, uh, seeing the kids coming along. So it's been a great year. We mm-hmm. look forward to the future. Mm-hmm. But uh, we uh, are involved, both involved with that for, uh, I, I'm assuming, the same reasons. Although, you know, you just want a free education for your kids. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, 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 there's other, that. Yeah. yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that. You also don't want them to be indoctrinated into paganism. So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so Quartha Classical, you can check it out. And uh, if you want to know what we're about, if you want to set up, uh, if you want to know more information, you can reach out to the principal. And he could send you more information about the school. Yeah, he'd be happy. I'm sure he'd be happy to meet with any parents with that are uh, curious about it. Um, yep. We yeah. do tours. We had a tour today. Actually, a young student sat in classes all day. Nice. So that's a nice thing. If you want to see the school, I mean, you're not really, you don't have to take this leap of faith. You can come check it out, sit in on classes. Parents can sit in on classes yeah. and uh, see what we're doing. So we would encourage that for those who are interested. Please do. Please do. Well, what are we talking about tonight, Al? I thought we would talk about a, a I'm calling it the revolution of repentance. And um, you asked if we could talk about repentance. Mm-hmm. And when I was thinking about that, you know, this is coming up, I, I think today or yesterday actually was the one year anniversary 
um, depending where you start, of the beginning of the trucker convoy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw and, a bunch of stuff on social media today about that. Yeah. And um, we were, I mean, Steve, you can't see him. He's off camera. Um, but he was there as well. Steve, Steve actually went down the first weekend. Yeah. And they parked, was it 10K out? It was, it was about eight, eight kilometers. Eight out. kilometers out because they were worried about like getting in and out of Ottawa. Yeah. And he slept in his van overnight. It was like minus 30. Yeah. Slept in his van overnight, walked eight kilometers one way, did a bunch of like first aid and toured around, and then walked eight kilometers out with, we have to mention, Matthew Matteo. And we have to mention him because Matthew Matteo apparently has never seen winter before. So he wore his construction boots okay. to Ottawa <laughs> to walk eight kilometers. Yeah. Ottawa is always colder, too. If you, if you, oh, it's cold. Auto- it's like in a valley, you get the cold settles in there. It's always five degrees colder than the surrounding area. Yeah. So, and I yeah. think what makes this story even better is that Matthew found out, I think the same weekend Jacob went down. Jacob's been on the pod before. And he told he told Matthew that you could park in this parking lot and take the train down. <laughs> <laughs> and so Matthew like couldn't walk for a month and he's like yeah. it's like dumb and dumber and he's like, Oh, your hands are cold? Like here, oh, take yeah. one of my pairs of clothes. Yeah, we're in the mountains. <laughs> we're in the cool. Rockies. Come on, dude. man. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, how do we get off track there? The revolution. We've been, we've been thinking about um the trucker convoy and it was a monumental event it was it was literally a once in a lifetime once a multi-generational event in the um the degree of influence that it had yeah. i mean they would deny it but it was the reason the mandates began to drop yes it marked a, a start it was the first time that we began to have an opposition in two years it was the there first was time there felt like some hope yeah, yeah, some hope. And just seeing that um, the rallying together of Canadians, that lots of Canadians actually do value human dignity, are not about authoritarianism. They're not, they do love democracy. They love the truth. Um, and so, I mean, the bridges, for those who aren't aware, uh, our listeners, I mean, we have worldwide listeners, so maybe they don't it's know true. about this. Um, but the bridges, you know, for a hundred kilometers oh, were yeah. covered with fa- like hundreds of people, yep. some of them thousands. I was going against the flow of the convoy coming home from Kingston the yeah. day they were going into Ottawa. Every single overpass between Kingston and Port Hope yeah. was was covered with yes. people. Every single one. Even yeah. the ones out in the middle of nowhere had at least a dozen people yeah. on them. Yeah. And so it was this cataclysmic event that was so unique in so many ways. Even the, the I mean, we were arrested there, but the way that the protests remained peaceful by all accounts, except for the lying media and government, but the actual police reports, it was, it was shocking was the word. Yeah. One of the police said how peaceful it was. It was, it was a, a truly unique event that had amazing consequences and even globally sparked uh, a democratic did, yeah. uprising around the globe. But as I think about this and the consequences of it, um, I think when you asked me to talk about repentance, I was like, what we need is not a revolution in politics. You know, we do need a revolution in politics. Uh, but what we need is a revolution of, repent- of repentance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Um, Mankind is so incapable of bringing about the change that it needs. 
And all of our attempts, even at change, even if you look at the corruption of our culture and the tyranny in our culture and the abuse and the wickedness and um, the injustice and the oppression, even if you look at it, if we try to fix this problem apart from repentance, at best, we will delay something. Yeah. Uh, and likely yeah. we will make it worse. This was one of the things that was really discouraging to me during that second year of the pandemic. Uh, even before the trucker convoy started, there were already very, very large protests going on in European nations like yeah. Germany and France. You wouldn't know it from re- watching the news, but there were hundreds of thousands of people in the streets for months on end yeah. protesting stuff. Yeah. And part of the part of the thing that got me down was I was watching that and I'm thinking these are some of the most secular countries in the world mm. and so even if these people succeed they have nothing to combat the tyranny with. Yeah. Like they're not going to have any decent answers to mm-hmm. the problem. And so I was, you know, you're partly encouraged by that cuz you see people are at least awake to the fact that something yeah. silly's going on. Yeah. But they didn't have any answers. Yeah. And uh, I felt, you know, there was a similar vibe with the with the trucker convoy here. There was it brought some hope, but it was also like, well, if if all we have to offer is we're Canadians and we believe in freedom, like that's not enough. Yeah. And so I think that kind of gets to yeah. And so when I, I was thinking of Second Chronicles seven fourteen, you know, well known verse for many people. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. And when we try to have the blessings of God without faith in God, um, he does not honor that. And essentially, if we were to say, if we could just get a conservative guy in there, if we could just get rid of the liberals, you're essentially, and and nothing else, Mm. um, you're saying, if we can just... Um, solve our problems without acknowledging the source of our problems, right. namely our rejection of God, then we'll be good. Yeah. But it's like, no, 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 no. Like if you start building a building on a bad foundation and you get to the third story and you realize it's crooked, you don't just take off the third floor or the yeah. second floor or even the first floor. It's like you dig all the way down and you pour new footings and you you build a foundation on that. And what we're doing right now is we are building this house, to use biblical language, on sand. Mm-hmm. And um, we need to build it on stone. And that's Christ. And the only way to get to Christ is is through repentance. That's right. And so I just I thought we could talk about um, what do we mean by repentance and what does a re- what does repentance look like in the Christian life? And um, you know, just because this is very practical, like, I've given a lot of thought to this. We've talked about it. You know, Steve was there. A lot of people in our community. What What is the next thing? You know, what is what do we do in our, you know, to com- combat evil and to stand for the truth? And we can't control everything that's going on around us, but we actually can, by God's grace, always turn to Him in repentance and faith. Right. Like that's what we can do. Like, yeah. regardless of what happens with the politicians, regardless of what happens with our culture. It's like this evening, I can I can trust Christ and I can commit to following Him and I can obey His Word by His grace and the power of His Spirit, and I can do that tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, and mm-hmm. that's the only way. That's the only way that you get to the fruit of freedom. 
the yeah. fruit of truth. The problem is we want the problem to be somewhere else. Yeah. So we can just point the finger and say, that's the problem. Yes. It's not me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, this shouldn't be new to Christians, but the first of Martin Luther's 95 theses was, this is Martin Luther, when our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, in Matthew four seventeen, he willed that the entire life of believers mm-hmm. to be one of repentance. Right. And um, I think when he said the entire life, he meant every area of life for, for our whole life. Yeah. And um, this would be consistent with the, with the teaching of Scripture. It's telling that Jesus' first words, recorded words in his preaching, were repent, mm-hmm. for the kingdom of God is at hand, right? And um, we need to see that repentance is not something that is just an initial work of the Spirit in our life, where we turn from sin to trust Christ. It's actually the pattern of our entire life. Right. And we're always going off course, right? There's that initial course correction at regeneration. Yeah. When we uh, have we profess faith in Christ and, and, we, and we repent and come to Him, we kind of course correct. But every day we're, you know, kind of drifting and you yeah. still have to repent. Yeah. And I think... Um, Many people have noted this, but like when Martin Luther posted these theses, he wasn't actually imagining a reformation in 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 regards to what actually happened. He was hoping for an honest conversation and renewal within yeah. the church, and um, he was saying basically, at, where we need to go is we need to where where we begin this conversation is by acknowledging that the entire life of a believer is one of repentance. Mm-hmm. And if we don't start there, then we're not going to get to where we need to go. And obviously, the church re- rejected that, rejected his call to repentance, and thus you have the Protestant uh, Reformation. One of the things that people miss is that um, the reason repentance is required ongoing is because biblically, faith and repentance are two sides of the same coin. So to say that your life isn't one of repentance is to say that it's not one of faith. Yeah. Because they're they're literally like to read a few scriptures. Um, he says uh, in Mark one fourteen, after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, and saying, "The time is fulfilled; the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe." So repentance and belief go together. Yeah. In Acts 17, 30 and 34, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. And he goes on to say, some men joined him and believed. Mm -hmm. So he calls them to repentance and they believe. You know, the the act of repentance is is also simultaneously an act of faith. And it's it's followed by belief, which, uh, which is obedience. Yes. Right. Yeah. You see that especially in the Gospel of John because John uses that term believe in a couple ways. Yes. And you see as you read through, right in, in chapter 8, uh, he gives a hard teaching and many of the people who believed in him yes. walked away. Yes, yes. But they no longer, they didn't continue following him. Yeah. Um, there's uh, in, in John 2 as well, a similar thing happening there. And so the belief, there's, there's true belief, which endures, uh, and then there's the surface level belief, uh, which doesn't obey and falls away. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. John Murray concludes the faith that is unto salvation is a penitent faith and the repentance that is unto life is a believing repentance. 
It's impossible to disentangle faith and repentance. Saving faith is permeated with repentance, and repentance mm-hmm. is permeated with faith. And the reason why um, this is so is that true repentance is not actually just a turning from sin. It's a turning to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I love what you read to open this podcast, because there's a kind of contrition. There's a kind yeah. of um, uh, remorse over sin. Yeah. That doesn't actually lead right. to life. Judas is a great example yeah. of that, right? He was sorrowful that he had done something wrong. He even tried to give back the money yeah. because he knew that it was evil. Yeah. But he wasn't saved because yeah. he felt bad about it. Yeah. He went and hung himself. Yeah. You know, he, he committed murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His last act in life was to murder. Lo- I mean, <laughs> we, we all do this. Like lots of us. We all know what it is to feel bad and remorseful over bad things we do and to be willing to stop doing it. But that's not the same as simultaneously turning to Jesus for forgiveness. Because turning to Jesus for forgiveness means like really acknowledging that that happened, like owning that that was you, Mm -hmm. owning that that, you know, deserves death and only he... um, can forgive in that if we keep reading that passage in Second uh, Corinthians seven, which is where I was reading from. This is this comes in the passage where Paul is reminding them of how he uh, was calling them to repentance in his first letter, yeah, and how they reacted to it, and some of them reacted properly. Uh, so in verse eleven, we read this: "For see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in yeah. you." And that's what you're saying. There's there is an earnestness when. When the grief you're feeling isn't just feeling sorry you got caught yeah. or feeling sorry that now you have to live with the consequences of your sins, yeah. but there's an earnestness that you've grieved the Spirit of God, that, yeah. you've, that you've caused uh, the people around you uh, to stumble by, by your uh, unfaithfulness. And, and that leads to something else. It leads to you actually changing yeah. um, you know, and, and obeying and yeah. walking in obedience. Yeah. And and this is all of life. Like, if it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. If if our whole life is a life of faith, and it is, then our whole life is one of repentance. Mm. And um, Jesus affirms this when he teaches his disciples to pray. You know, give us our daily bread. It's a, it's a daily prayer. It's an ongoing, constant prayer. And he also says, and forgive us our sins, or our debts, our trespasses. So, the implication there is like, the Christian is in constant need to be turning from sin to Jesus. Like, it's a, it's a moment-by-moment need. And Scripture goes further to say it's not just moment-by-moment and all of life, it's in, it's in every area. I think of uh, Mark 10 and the rich young ruler Right, uh, he was Jesus was setting out on his journey. A man ran up and knelt before him and asked, "Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" Jesus said to him, "Why do you call me good? No one's good but God alone. You know the commandments: do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother." So he lays out the commandments for him, and and the guy says to him, "Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth." And Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And said to him, you lack one thing, go and sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. And the man went away sorrowful. Mm -hmm. Um, The mercy of Jesus, and actually it says the love of Jesus, is that he knew that there is the one area of this guy's life 
that he was not willing to walk in repentance in, mm-hmm. that he was not willing to walk in faith in, that he was willing to, you know, supposedly walk in obedience in these areas. But there is that one thing. And Jesus said, no, that's the thing that you need to do in order to follow me. And I think we need to take this to heart. Like, the danger of constantly talking about other people's problems is that you can kind of become callous to your own sins because maybe you don't struggle with it. It's like, oh, Justin Trudeau's a tyrant. I mean, I'm not likely going to be a prime minister, right? And I don't I don't have the same sins and, and weaknesses, but I have my own. And I think this is why Jesus said, you know, before you take the speck of your brother's eye, remove the log in your own, then you will see clearly. Yeah. And if we adopt a posture whereby we think we're being serious about sin and righteousness, but we're only looking outward all the time at other people, um, we're we're probably becoming increasingly blind to areas in our own life. Yeah. I think of Isaiah's vision in Isaiah 6 where he sees God on his throne. There's that passage, the holy, holy, holy passage. And his response to that is, is woe is me. Yeah. You know, and also I, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. I come from a people of unclean lips. Yeah. He recognizes his own sin as well as the sin of his culture. Uh, but that in light of God's holiness and perfection. Yeah. 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 And so repentance is for our whole life and it's all of our life um, brought under the Lordship of Jesus Christ and it's in light of all of Scripture. I mean, this is another thing we see in the Bible that people do to get around repentance. Matthew 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, you tithe the mint and dill and cumin, and you have neglected the weightier matters of the law, yeah. justice and mercy and faithfulness, those you ought to have done without neglecting the others. And I mean, this characterizes the Western church. It's like you have your pet sins that you are supposedly against, but you are not what you know versed in the breadth of scripture that you are not letting the full weight of the righteousness of god um you know fall on you to expose the ways you fall short the weightier matters you you pick these easy things but you ignore these things mm-hmm. and and i just think that that's what bothered me so much it's like we're you know when it was like the stay home stay safe thing um it's like so many people's lives were absolutely ruined in that time. So many people just died, you know, overdose, suicide, elderly, dying alone, you know, people dying alone. It's like the the depth of injustice that no one cared about. Like no Christians cared at all about the suffering of their neighbors. I mean, they would say, love your neighbor by wearing a mask and stupid things like that. But they didn't want to look into these weighty things, the things that are, why are they weighty? Because they they fall heavy. Like sitting at home and ordering takeout and watching Netflix and, you know, getting your groceries delivered to your cars is not hard. Um, But seeing the injustice committed against your brother, your neighbor, and having to do something about it, that actually Mm. is hard. So this kind of leads me to where, I mean, I wanted to get to all that, but part of the reason I wanted to talk about this is like what happens when we don't repent or we have a godly or a worldly grief, a worldly repentance that leads to death. So um, like our culture ignored so much 
evil and, and injustice yeah. and hasn't repented for it. Yeah. And when I say culture, I mean us, our, the yeah. people in the culture. I'm not talking about some nebulous thing out there. Mm-hmm. So what ha- like what happens to people who don't repent? Well, I think they die. I mean, if you if you look at the, for instance, the letters to the churches in Revelation, it's repent or I will remove your lampstand. Mm-hmm. Like this idea that there can be continued unrepentance and no consequences is a total lie. And because there's almost a sense like, oh, we're past that now. We don't have to deal with it anymore. No, we can just move on. Yeah, but th- that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like without actually acknowledging, yeah, the the sin, yeah. What's going to happen? Like, you can't just move on. It's yeah. going to lead to uh, what's the verse about the heart, the deceitfulness of sin being hardened, hardened by the, by the deceitfulness, deceitfulness of sin. Right? Like that's that's a real thing. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think if you don't acknowledge it, because someone might say, "Why are you harping on about this? Like, move past it. There's no restrictions." It's like, well, because um, justice, injustice doesn't become justice with the passing of time. Right. Unrighteousness doesn't become righteous simply because we've moved along. And um, so that that's one. So to, to not care about injustice because it's behind us is actually a wicked attitude mm-hmm. to have. Second, if you need to turn from sin, you need to say that it is sinful. Mm-hmm. And if you're unwilling, like, let's just move on is actually... F- intentionally avoiding doing that. Right. So if you want to say we were selfish and wicked and now we need to move forward in repentance, then that's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and the other thing is when you fail to acknowledge sin as sin, you actually perpetuate it. This is one thing people don't understand. People who reject God don't understand about judgment. They think that it's callous. They think that it's unfair. They think that it's like the world would be good, except God is mean, right? You read the Old Testament. It's like, why is he so intense about this? It's like, well, the whole theology of sin. Did you read the beginning of our book? Like, you don't even have to read far. (laughs) Like, just read a couple chapters That should be on day one of your annual plan that you're not going to finish. Day day one, like, Christians believe that what we call sin is responsible for all human misery. Everything bad in this world is owing to sin. Everything. Every bit of pain that you feel, every bit of suffering you've experienced. All the death, all the... Of everyone yeah. ever, in every single way, like in the most comprehensive way, children dying, like everything right. is owing to sin. Right. So if you put it into that perspective, then you realize that sin is like a disease. Sin actually spreads and sin always yeah. leads to death. This is why, and this is a little off topic, but this is why we're so intent on church discipline yeah. and following the proper steps of uh, reconciliation yeah. that Jesus lays out uh, for for members of the church. It's like yeah. we're not. It's not because we're mean and we're trying to like shun people because we don't like them anymore. No, it's because one, we care about them and the yeah. state of their soul. Yeah, we don't want them to have unrepentant sin in their life. Yeah, but we know that that sin is not going to remain just in their life. Yeah, it's going to spread. Yeah, if uh, if it's not dealt yeah. with. Yeah, the Lord disciplines those He loves, mm-hmm. and He chastises every son whom He receives. Like, and He does this so that we may um, enjoy the fruit of righteousness, having been trained, and. 
yeah, it's not, it's not like, like the problem is sin and it leads to death. And the way that we actually gain life is when we're turned from that mm. by God and when we're confronted and we, um, in faith, turn in repentance to Him. We acknowledge the error of our ways. And so, you know, back to this issue, just very practically, what what do we need to do in our culture? It's like we individually need to live lives of repentance. It it doesn't matter. Like the Pharisees were amazing at looking at the worst guy around them. Look yeah. at those prostitutes. Look at those tax collectors. Thank God I'm not like them. It's like, you know, thank God I'm not like a liberal, like a progressive. You know, like we need to not... We need to not fall into that. Mm-hmm. We need to be, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. This is one reason in our church service, part of our liturgy is corporate confession. Right. And it's like, look, the we need the gospel as much as everyone in the world. Yeah. And our only hope is Jesus, not and our righteousness. We should think we need it more. Than yeah. They, they don't think they need it. Yeah. Right. But we have had our eyes open to our own sin. And so... Uh, there should be a reality to that every day of our life. And yeah, that turning needs to continually yeah. happen. Yeah, we were we were really like these things we're talking about the need for repentance. Um, Pastor uh, Steve Richardson preached. He opened up the conference, and um, he talked about revival biblically and historically, and he talked about how revival was always um, it's often been associated with prayer and in response to prayer. It's also um, a response to and initiates repentance. And that's what we just read in the beginning, the mm-hmm. the beginning um, second Chronicles, right? If you turn repentance, if you humble yourself, you know, I will forgive your sin and I'll heal your land. Mm-hmm. Yes. Repentance is a work of the Lord, right? And yes, it is a, a gift of him. Um, but that's true of everything. Yeah. It's like what he calls us to is to humble ourselves, to acknowledge our sin, and he promises. He's faithful and just to forgive mm-hmm. it, and he'll heal their land. Yeah. And I don't think this is just, this is the context of the old covenant. I recognize that. But I do think that there is a blessing that comes from repentance to the greater culture. I mean, Paul says this in Ephesians about about your the promise of um, honoring your mother and father. Yeah, this is the first commandment that comes with a promise, and um, a culture where you obey the Lord Jesus Christ will be blessed, mm-hmm. not in just a mystical way, but because people walking in righteousness <clears throat> is a blessing, right? Yeah, yeah, and this should affect too the way we we evangelize. Yeah. Right, because it's easy to, to to point out, like you said, those maybe political sins are sort of lead with that type of thing, uh, but we need to lead with this repentance, yeah. as well. And obviously, you're calling them to repent from very specific things. Yeah, you know, if we're outside the drag queen story hour, yeah, we're going to preach a very particular type of yeah. repentance. Yeah, um, but it's still, it's it's preaching. It's that call to repentance that needs to go out. Yeah. Not just some vague call that, you know, you 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 guys are on the wrong track and you need to, you know, accept Jesus into your heart. Or Jesus is your therapist or Jesus will improve your life. Or it's like, no, very plainly turn, turn from Mm -hmm. your sins and turn to him. And And it begins with us. And our elders have been praying for the last month for particular people and for ourselves and, 
just saying, Lord, you know, would you just do a work in our church? Would you renew our church? Would you forgive us for our sins? Mm-hmm. Would you humble us? And uh, we're we're seeing some fruit of that. But that, just mm-hmm. to wrap things up, like that's where our priority is. Mm-hmm. That's what we can, by God's grace, um, take responsibility for. And uh, and that's what we. That's where reformation begins in repentance. All right. That's great. Thanks for putting that together. Uh, what are you reading lately? You got any good books on the go? I'm still reading through um, Stephen Wellam's book on a short systematic on the doctrine of Christ. Very good. I also just bought, um, for some lighthearted reading, the first book in the Dune series. Yeah, yeah. You were I haven't, I haven't read them before. So Herbert? I, Herbert? I forget the guy's so, yeah. name. Something like that, but uh, yeah, it's okay. I'm, well, I'll keep going. It's kind of weird. Apparently, it's a like really immersive. Yeah, like he's kind of thought out every aspect of this world he's yeah. created. Yeah, uh, I liked the movie. Yeah, like the movie, but I haven't read it. Yeah. yeah, what are you reading? I got a couple on the go right now. Uh, I'm uh, working through Moby Dick again. Nice, which I haven't read for a while. Yeah, uh, it's fantastic. It's it's one of those ones where you look at the size of it. Uh, but you just have to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Just like, don't worry about where you're going with the plot or the story. Just just let him take you on a ride. Yeah. And it's great because you They'll get let cha- that white whale take you where he wants to. Well, he's going to in the end anyway. So. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to. Spoiler alert. The, the whale wins. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, there's chapters uh, on back to back just on like different types of whales. Yeah. And it's you're reading it like this is fascinating. But it, like, just the way he presents it, it still has a poetic aspect to it. It's, it's really great. So I'm reading that, and I'm working also through uh, Kenneth Gentry's He Shall Have Dominion. Oh, nice. So finally getting to an actual systematic uh, yeah. uh, working through. How are you finding that? Pretty good so far. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in, um, I think I'm in the first chapter where he's actually starting to lay out the post-millennial system. Yeah after he's given all of his introductory remarks. So yeah. uh, it's good. There's a lot of things where I, I've been kind of thinking along those lines, and he's really good at, at putting it into words. Yeah. So, yeah. Haven't really hit anything yet that's that's like that I haven't totally agreed with. Yeah. There's a couple points where I'm not exactly... Convinced? I'm not convinced. Uh, you know, it's plausible, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily need to fall that way. But Yeah. So, yeah, but good. Very good so far. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, any final words? No, that was, I guess, repent. Yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> repent. <laughs> what, was that, what was that show where I see Jimmy and I see Sarah and I see Susie? Repent. You know, <laughs> was it she was looking into a mirror? I don't know what you're talking about. The polka dot door? What was that? So the, 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 the person on the show it was like a kid's show or whatever. And she would pretend, she'd just say all these random names. And every now and then you'd watch the show and she'd say your name. You'd be like, she sees me, you know? Anyway. Well, we're like that. So, okay. Bill, Laura, Steve, and I, y'all need to repent. So, <laughs> hopefully, there's a Bill and a Laura and a Steve watching. Well, Steve's in the room. So, he's gutted. Oh, got me. 
Anyway, thanks for joining us. We'll leave you with this as usual. May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him.